Um, Mr. Barber, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Good to be with you. Um, you know, I was saying earlier, to, to me, conservatives in this country, to my thinking anyway, and I re- recognize a lot of people don't agree with me, um, they're facing a very important choice here. Basically, it's a flat-out rejection of some of the more, uh, what I call dangerous positions um, within uh, the Conservative Party, or at least, you know, tacit acceptance of them. Do, do you reject that? Do you sort of, you know, play footsie with them? You know, where do you come down with some of um, the more controversial points that are being made out there. Look, I think you have to be clear about what you're exactly referring to. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Jew from Eastern Europe. My family suffered considerably from the Holocaust. It's important that we reject racism in all forms. Yeah. And uh, I'm a very big fan of Canadian multiculturalism and pluralism. As someone who has immigrated to Canada and had every blessing our country had to offer, um, I, I think that um, our diversity uh, is, in fact, our strength. But that is not to say that we should taint those that disagree with us or demonize those that disagree with us when it's unwarranted. True. There's absolutely no, there's absolutely no basis in reality to suggest, for instance, that the truckers' movement, that the hundreds of thousands of Canadians that peacefully congregated on Parliament Hill to stand up for their right to earn a living without having to to mandate uh, a medical procedure is in any way racist. There's no reason to suggest that because you might uh, speak to a soldier who was removed, who was purged out of both uh, the CAF and the RCMP after having served four tours in Afghanistan and saying, I have fought for my country and I'm asking my country not to dismiss me because I did not do a medical procedure. There's absolutely no reason to, to demonize such people. Instead, what we need to do is we need to engage in conversation and instead of dividing Canadians, actually speak and listen to Canadians. Um, I, I agree with you. I, and I think it, it's, it's, it's a great thing to have people out uh, protesting and having their voices heard. The question I'm asking, though, is what you said, if it's warranted, there's nothing wrong with supporting people like that. Where does the line get drawn? Where do we decide what's warranted and what isn't warranted? Is it warranted to have people going there and saying we want to meet with the governor general and end the Trudeau mandate? Is it warranted to have, um, you know, those kinds of people represented as leaders of this convoy? I mean, can you delineate? Can you draw a line with that movement? <laughs> if, if people are under the attention of how our democracy works, in that somehow they can urge the governor general to dissolve parliament, then, then let them suggest that and, and be wronged for their own peril. What's important is that we do not abridge fundamental rights of assembly and expression, something that, his, something that this uh, Justin Trudeau government has no difficulty in doing, whether it's the invocation of the Emergencies Act, which was clearly unlawful, seeing that other legislation was available to deal with it. The, the parliament voted after the alleged emergency was over. And, um, uh, of course, everything that they said about the convoy turned out to be false. Not a single weapon was found on site. The arson was not connected. There was very little foreign funding, and there was no foreign collusion. So, but at the same time, you have Canadians that were subjected to a choice that they should never have been subjected to. I think it's inhumane to, to suggest that someone should choose between their personal health and their ability to put food on the table. And, and regretfully, what we see the radical left and, and Justin Trudeau and, and to, to a large extent popular culture do is they dismiss the issue, the underlying issue, which is consent, and the ability to participate in society, 
And and instead, they go to pejorative allegations such as racism when it's not based in fact. Okay, I, I didn't say anything about racism. I, did, I haven't mentioned that. I know you, you leapt to that immediately. And, and I, I guess you're talking about somebody else saying the convoy was racist? I, I went to reports in the last couple of days that, that uh, both myself and some Okay. met with James Stop and, and subsequently Pierre Poliev did. And of course, we know that the underlying allegation against the convoy from inception was an allegation of racism. So you're welcome to clarify uh, whatever it is that, that you think people are. Well, I asked you pretty clearly what it was about. It was about, you know, one of the guys, one of the guys, Tom Arazzo, was one of the people sitting there saying he wanted a seat at the table with Senate and the governor general the last time he did the convoy. So, I mean, it's not like you're saying, oh, there's some people who were there, you know, disillusioned and, and, and don't have an understanding of how democracy works. One of the leaders of this convoy was the guy who was pushing that mandate. So, I mean, so one second, people people have the right to to seek to meet with whomever of course they, they want. Do. Absolutely, I'd like, to meet, I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet with the Pope, and and uh, and Michael Jordan while at it. That that doesn't mean that we need to demonize folks, and and that's what I've been trying to urge from the beginning of this COVID exercise, is that somehow our public policy response is driven in in how people should be approached personally. And I think we should make it about policy. Yeah. For instance, you know that I was rejected, uh, that I was ejected from the Conservative Caucus in Ontario because I authored a letter to the Premier asking that we factor in the toll of our public health response, namely the lockdowns, that we factor in the harm, the collateral harm of lockdowns into our public health response. Clearly, we understand that there are side effects of lockdown that are very detrimental sure. to society. I was ejected as, as a parliamentarian from the PC caucus. I lost my chair of the Justice Committee. And, of course, I was demonized very, very heavily by many of those that have disagreed with me. But we never need to make it personal, nor do we need to make the question of passports or mandates personal. So may I suggest that perhaps we should address the underlying issue. Is it appropriate for us to make it as a condition of employment or as a condition of running your small business, which is taking a truck across the border, to, to do something that you don't want to do, to do something against your will. Is it justifiable in science? Is it justifiable in democracy? Instead of, instead of dismissing people in, in, in pejorative fashion, as, as the liberals are very good at doing, Fair. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And who answers the question, though, I guess, is what it comes down to. I mean, you've got the vast majority of Canadians that are vaccinated and do support vaccination. So um, I, I think you're, you're raising very good points. I do want to move on to another the other issues if that I'm are just, out there. If I would just respond to that very quickly, quickly. quickly. Yes, go I'm ahead. Vaccinated my, I'm, very, I'm vaccinated myself. I made the choice that most Canadians have made. But that doesn't mean that we should force people to do anything against their will. This is not majority rule. Mm. This is a human rights issue potentially as well. So I think it's a lot more complex than that, especially now that we understand that transmission and infection is pretty much the same. The curve is even inverse when it comes to the booster. So no one's putting others at risk. And the question is, if we should infringe on someone's fundamental rights when there is no democratic justification to do so. But the problem is we don't even get well, to have But, but, but again, you're saying there's it. no democratic justification to do so. A lot of people would argue with you and say that's just not true. Most Canadians no feel problem. that there is a reason to do that, and that is called democracy. But what they, one second, but what they feel, what they feel is not necessarily right. But even if they feel that way, we do not infringe minorities' rights unless it's democratically justifiable. So, yes, I understand that most Canadians, including myself, have made, have made the choice that most Canadians have made. Right. But that doesn't mean that we should force anyone 
acting against their will. It's a very, very dangerous, slippery slope, especially when it comes to one's personal health. You always want a second opinion. Your healthcare choices are individual to you. Absolutely, let's avail. If, if if someone wants to avail themselves of the protection that the vaccine wants to wants to award them, that's wonderful. But that doesn't mean that we should force someone to do something against their will. And when you cut someone's ability to put food on the table, it's against their will. Okay, uh, I've only got a few seconds left here. I wanted to get some other... What else is important to you as leader of the Conservative Party? There has to be more than vaccines and mandates. Well, you raised the discussion on, on passports and mandates. I think it's a general, it's a democracy issue. We're I raised it 10 minutes ago, to be fair, sir. No problem. I, I enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you call me again. Look, I think it's a general democracy issue. We're seeing an erosion of the rule of law, unprecedented censorship. Right, We see three or four pieces of legislation that seek to abridge Canadian speech, that, uh, manipulate the algorithm of the social media watch. We see social media um, censorship as well. We see, we do, we see uh, the antithesis, the opposite of a free and independent media when, when, the media signs, uh, when the government signs the media's paycheck. We're seeing uh, not just a surveillance state, but a new uh, erection of the security state. We saw kids being searched in Parliament Hill on July 1st, the little kids, as a condition of coming up on the Hill to celebrate Canada Day. Um, as I said, the invocation of the Emergencies Act. So I, I think that it's a erosion of parliamentary democracy, right? So I think it's, it's very, very important to consider where we are right now in our nation's mm-hmm. history. Um, uh, I, I'm running on restoring and defending Canada's democracy. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, sir, we are out of time. We will have you back again, though. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, sir. Thanks very much. That is Roman Bobber, who is a candidate for leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada.